Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome once again to episode officially number one of the ROSC podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening for podcast number zero. If you haven't yet, go ahead and listen to it, kind of laying the groundwork about what we're going to be trying to accomplish using the audio platform and where we want to go with it. One other thing you might be noticing as a little bit of housekeeping is these first few podcasts are kind of going to be lumped together in terms of their upload. Um, either you're going to be seeing them pop up every couple days or they might have all gone up at once uh, because basically what we're trying to do is complement the written posts with an audio form. And I'm not going to read the posts verbatim necessarily, but I do want to talk about the topics. There's going to be a lot of similarities. So hopefully, if you're listening to the audio, you won't necessarily miss out on the written, although the written does have a different feel. So you may want to check out both. Anyway, here we go. So today I want to talk about Ivan Pavlov and his dog. I'm sure you've heard this story before about a scientist who basically trained his dog to salivate. Now, if you haven't heard the story, the gist of it is a scientist by the name of Pavlov had a dog who every time he fed him dinner, he would ring a bell. Eventually, the dog became accustomed to the bell ringing right before dinner. And so it got to a point where when Pavlov would ring the bell, the dog would drool, even though there was no food around or no food being served. Now, let's hold on to that thought as we go through this particular podcast. Recently, well, I say recently, this happens to me almost all the time. I had one of these moments where I was ruminating. I was just festering on a particular thought that I had, an unpleasant interaction that I had with someone. And you know how you get into an argument with somebody or you get into a disagreement and it's like days later you think about what you should have said and what you could have said. It's that type of thing where you're thinking about the situation well after it's already occurred. The funny thing is, in this situation, and this was one of many situations, I found myself out loud rehearsing what I would say to that person if I had the chance to say it to them. And the thing with me is, and I don't know why I do this, I say it in its entirety and then I say it again and again and I keep living it over and over again. I think because I'm trying to simulate in my mind a feeling of succeeding in the argument. What's even worse is that this particular situation that I had, the incident didn't actually occur. It wasn't me thinking about what had happened. It was me thinking about what could potentially happen, an interaction I could potentially have. And I want you to let that sink in for a bit. I was practicing a response to something with someone that hadn't even happened. The bigger enlightening point about that was the fact that I felt my heart rate getting faster. I felt myself getting warmer. I felt my chest getting tighter. And it started dictating my mood. Now, the superficial benefit of this might seem to be that, oh, you know, like if you put yourself in a particular mood, at one point it could affect and have, you know, a domino effect throughout the rest of the day. But to me, the bigger point is this. It's the fact that me thinking about that scenario caused physical effects. It actually caused me to feel my heart racing and it caused me to be more upset and it caused me to physically feel the manifestations of anger or frustration. Now, let's apply this to work. How does this apply to resuscitationists? How does this apply to healthcare workers? Well, I want you to think about any situation you've had at work, whether it's a difficult patient, a clinical scenario that wasn't making itself clear to you, working with a consultant, working with another unit, whatever it might be, 
and think about the interaction you feel with that person going forward or with that situation going forward. It doesn't have to be a person necessarily. Imagine if you can, a situation where you're about to encounter that occurrence and think about how it makes you feel in that moment. Think about how you're almost prepping yourself for, oh no, this is going to happen or oh no, not this again. Or imagine if you hear something that might turn into something that's nightmarish and it isn't necessarily going to turn into that, how you start prepping your mind, how you start sort of getting defensive or even apply this in a different scenario. Let's say you're about to meet a supervisor or talk to one of the managers or whatever it might be, or a consultant, and you're ready for them to scold you or reprimand you. And how does that make you feel in terms of your intelligence being threatened or your competence being threatened versus if you were to approach that same situation, changing the outlook before it even occurs? thinking about the fact that you have an opportunity to present a situation or you have an opportunity to function in a particular situation and what benefit could potentially come out of it, getting yourself potentially excited, maybe excited is a strong word, but somewhat interested and looking forward to the possibility of learning from that scenario and growing from it. It might be difficult to imagine, so the next time you're in a situation like that, try it, but also sit down and close your eyes and envision a don't close your eyes if you're driving close your eyes and envision a situation like that that would normally bring you fear and start to think about those situations in the past that have occurred where the outcome was good not necessarily if the patient outcome was good because sometimes we don't have a control over that but the cohesiveness of the team the communication between the team the volume of the room all of those things if you think about how good those particular instances were, and then think about how good it felt afterwards. Really ruminate in that. Really sink in and let that soak. Then you now have a particular opportunity to ask yourself questions. How did that feeling end up coming about? How did I maintain that feeling? What made that feeling go away? And the biggest question, what can I do next to make that feeling come back again? Now, speaking of Pavlov's dog initially, can you begin to see the connection between these two things? The common denominator here, there's two significant points in this. Number one is that you're in control. Pavlov's dog wasn't necessarily in control because he was trained to listen to a bell. But we as humans have the ability to have intellect, to have insight, to be able to reason things out. So... The whole point of the exercise I just gave you about visualizing the scenarios that tend to be negative and how it was positive in the past or whatever scenario you want to imagine, the point of that exercise is to make you realize that by simply changing the frame of your approach, changing the outlook, potentially changing the end goal, because then the means start to go towards the end and realize you did that. You're in control. That's point number one here. You are in control. And it sounds so corny when you hear it so many times. But the whole point of me saying it afterwards is to show you that even if it's on a minute scale, you have the ability to affect where your mind goes. The second point is related to what I was mentioning about ruminating over something and it causing you to have feelings. I mean, a simple example is if you think about any of the negative situations and how they make you feel. 
Sometimes it may even make you feel like you don't want to go to work. Makes your stomach ache, makes your heart race, makes you sweat, whatever it might be. But that second point is this. The feelings you associate with an event, even if the event hasn't occurred, are likely to dictate your physical response to that event as well as potentially guide your next reaction. And that reaction can be positive or negative. That's up to you. This is why getting angry isn't the best thing in the world because it starts to dictate where you go next. Sometimes that anger, sometimes that frustration, sometimes that feeling of wanting to be vindicated of sort of, you know, one-upping the other person when it comes to being snarky or insulting or whatever it might be in order to defend your ego, maybe you subconsciously or even consciously won't feel good about doing that and not feeling good about yourself will have profound effects on the actions you take after that because of frustration. There's a quote that people associate with Einstein that may or may not be associated with him, but the principle stands that the most important decision we make is whether we believe we live in a friendly or a hostile universe. Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory talks about this quote a number of times, and the thing that he emphasizes a lot is the word decision, the most important decision we make, not belief we have. This is the point. You can choose to view the world through a particular lens. And you can choose to approach the scenarios you have at work with a particular lens at well. Making a decision is a lot more taxing than just letting things happen or believing certain things. This is something that's going to take trying and trying again and potentially failing. And the bigger thing is that this is going to take little steps that move towards a final goal. And the whole point of this community is to get together and be able to understand that you as an individual or all of us as a group need to have a long-term final goal with small milestones. Someone once recently mentioned, and I'll probably mention this in a future podcast or future podcasts, um, that if you were to take millions and millions of gallons of water and dump it on a giant plateau or a giant land mass, you would not get the Grand Canyon. But if you were to take that same volume of water and trickle it over a long period of time, then you get the Grand Canyon. Sounds a little corny, I know, but the point is there. Not only are small steps towards a goal beneficial, but they're probably better than taking all of the effort collectively and putting it in at once. But you got to be comfortable with making the mistake and tweaking and visualizing that. And so how this applies to a clinical scenario or an interpersonal scenario is all about framing your mind in a particular way with a particular end goal, right? Approaching a situation knowing that it's difficult should not necessarily shy you away. It's not easy to deal with when you don't feel like you're competent in dealing with it. But if you keep remembering that every point is a learning point, that's why it's called a practice, right? a nursing practice, a PA practice, a medical practice, whatever it is, it's practice. You have to keep trying at it in order for you to eventually make a breakthrough. And the best part is it never gets easier. Any experience you have, whether it's a mistake, an interest, a joy, you can fan those flames depending on how you frame your mind. And when you fan flames, they rise. If you apply that logic to any leadership position you hold, whether it's a leadership position over a unit or a department or even a single patient, or if it's leadership in the form of you looking out for the person to the left or to the right of you, it's up to you to take control of those flames, directions, and the intensity. A large part of leadership ends up being servitude. 
and the leader eats last, as they say. And so part of that servitude is in delivering the feeling of that day. And believe me, that in feeling will inevitably come back to affect you as well, whether it's positive or negative. That's up to you. And it will inform the smaller decisions and the future similar occurrences that you have throughout the day, the week, the month, the year, or the rest of your career. If you do it right, it'll affect new, unfamiliar circumstances as well. Someone has to lead, and it may as well be you. But anyway, that's it for me today. I hope that you got some benefit out of this. If you did, let us know. Comment on the podcast. Go to the blog post. Check out the blog post. Comment there. Start a conversation. Get people involved. If there's someone you know who could benefit from this, send it to them. Get them involved as well. Let's start building an interactive community that is constructive. Let's create a language that we all abide by. Let's be part of that tribe. Because people like us do things like this.